I'm starting. (laughs) (laughs) So, hello and welcome back to... I don't know what episode this is. Episode 8. We've got some extra people in the room today. Some interlopers in the bed. (laughs) Unclear as to whether they're actually going to speak. They're just going to like weigh in if they feel necessary. (laughs) Would you like to be introduced or would you like to weigh in when necessary? (laughs) (laughs) Returning guest, Charlie James Burke. A fan (laughs) favourite. Yeah, my brother Charlie is here and also... Will. <laughs> no more words needed. <laughs> he needs no introduction. How are you going to contextualise me? That's what it says uh, in the tin. I am dating Will, so... Any uh, special friend Will. I'm slightly worried that with both my brother and the guy I'm dating in the room, I'm going to be a bit coy and like... So it will be so up to me Naomi's going to be making up for it. I'm <laughs> stirring the pot. I'm going to allow you as well. <laughs> I'm going to want to see some big topics yeah. breached. <laughs> this episode is controversial, but not that... It, Compared to some of the other episodes. So it's season one, episode nine, The Turtle and the Hare. Now, I do want to ask our guests first impressions. Will, am I right in thinking you've never seen an episode of Sex and the City before? No, never seen it. Never seen the film. I thought, as I've said, I thought it was quite dated in terms of what the women were kind of like after. In terms of like the narrative that the woman can have it all, but then still like every conversation is about marriage. If women can ha- can have it all, like what do they want? And like it's still quite an, like an age old narrative of like kind of the conversations that were coming up were still quite old fashioned. That does feel like a very much like a nineties and two thousands like question of like can you have it all? I feel like, like that can question... you be a hashtag girl boss but also be married? And yeah, have and I feel like that question doesn't get asked as much these days. But I'm, maybe it's just taken a rebrand. Yeah, I, I read so. a uh, a good chapter in the book. By Gia Tolentino. The book. What book? The, book. the Bible. <laughs> In the good book. <laughs> Trick Mirror by Gia Tolentino, my Bible, about um, female optimization and this idea that the idea of having it all has like then turned into now into this thing of like you need to optimize. So, like, it, as still the pressure being put on women to be like really successful in their careers, but also be like super healthy if they're like mothers to be like organic. Mm. like earth mothers and also to have a perfect instagram face and body and all that kind of stuff yeah but i think so i think i get get how at first glance this episode can seem a bit backwards in terms of they're talking about having it all and that ultimately seems geared towards marriage and like having love but i think it speaks towards like a real female experience of like the main characters are generally quite unconcerned with marriage and settling down and are like living their best kind of single girl lives but are then like kind of so the episode starts with them at a wedding and it's kind of like tracking the kind of thought process that they have after that of like how you know you can be influenced around with what's kind of around you and how that makes you think about your own life yeah and they do they do throughout the show they go on like personal journeys yeah all of them yeah like kind of confronting that idea of whether they want to have marriage and kids and not all of them do by any means so the episode starts with the wedding and i thought one part that i thought was funny that i wanted to bring up was that um she wants them to forget that she wants to describe the guy she's so it's the friend brooke 
who's like a friend of the gang, um, is getting married and she once described the person that she's marrying as more boring than exposed brick. <laughs> Something like that. I feel like exposed brick. I was watching that and I was like, I'm behind brick. the times of New York in 1998. Yeah. I still think exposed brick I think that's cool. a big wow. Like, ooh, exposed brick. <laughs> I'm still impressed. Yeah, and that is such a thing of like, when your friends, which doesn't mean that it pertains to you, but generally when your friends are first dating yeah. someone or if they've broken up with someone, yeah. You hear all of the goss, all of the bad things. They say some things they regret. And then if they get back together get back together with them or get serious with them, you really have to pretend you've never heard anything compromising. Yeah, and I think that's such a thing with like people who have or you can't be like, remember that time that you said that he always says things really annoying? Yeah. Or like You do like I think that and it is dangerous because like I mean I guess the getting back together is a slightly different thing, but like just generally when you're dating like when, if you go on a few dates with someone you don't think that they're gonna like become yeah. anything to your life so like if you have like really close friendships where you overshare like that's quite like likely to occur and then if you and I guess this is like the most extreme example if you end up marrying them it's like, you really have to I just think that's a part of and it's having like, friends is you just have to like tactfully yeah like bring a, it up. a mutual agreement to yeah, <laughs> never to speak never of that again about it. and I also think that they're when she says they were like the witches of Eastwick, their outfits at this wedding, all four of them in all black at the wedding. Yeah. I mean, tell me about symbols. They're annoying, guys. but that's also kind of iconic. They all look so good. Though. Yeah, they Those do. are some of my favourite, like, looks. Yeah, but I think all of them I don't know, black, wearing black weird. to a wedding is a bit... I think it's cool. <laughs> With all of them in black, I think it's cool. And they all have, like, weird feathered hair. And they're on the, like, dodgy singles table. Yeah, smoking cigs indoors. I find it classy. <laughs> So then, (laughs) (laughs) in theory, you wouldn't get that these days. The other good conversation starter quite early on in the episode is Brooke, the woman getting married. She kind of whispers stuff to each of the girls as they like hug her to congratulate her. And to Carrie, she whispers, it's always better to marry someone who loves you more than you love her. Let's get into it. What do you think about that? Naomi and I, and I'm sure we've spoken about this in a previous podcast, both favour being the chaser rather than the chasey yeah what though some people some people are different though some people like love to the feeling of being adored yeah some people really do whereas i always prefer Could never be me. like having to like prove myself <laughs> do you not think that that the idea of it being better to be with someone that loves you more like suggests that love is like a linear scale that like that one person will like don't you think it's either you're in love or you're not like is it just that is it can people love people more them. I think, I think it's not necessarily about more, but in different ways. So, can some? Would you like to be with someone who loves you in a way that makes you super, feel super secure? But I don't think that's the issue in that that episode. I think the issue is that like this guy. When you saw him, that they were like this guy is worse than she is, and that therefore that's a good deal for her because yeah. it means that he'll always love her more. Basically, it's I better to be punching to or to be. Yeah, but so many women in particular will will say that they prefer to like date down. I'm doing inverted commas. But here's the thing: do they only say that because they think that's the best they're ever going to get? I don't know. I think like some like I have friends that are like very beautiful friends that would prefer to like yeah because yeah so feel secure they they like feeling adored sorry so you've got friends sorry you've got beautiful (laughs) friends first you've got friends you've got friends (laughs) that can verbally say like 
about someone that's saying they'd rather date down. Is this like, does this mean looks wise? Because to me, if I was ever with someone that said something like that, that would just be a sackable offence instantly. Because that's, <laughs> that's so, yeah, like, that's that, that good says know, good so much about the way you think about, like, I don't think people. looks wise, but I just think some people will say I prefer to, so when you're having like in-depth conversations with your friends about what kind of relationships, like, you know, just as you do, having deep combos about it. Some people will say, yeah, I prefer to feel really secure and like feel like they like me more than I like them. And other people will be like, no, I prefer to feel like I like them more than they like me. And I think that is just like... Is that the same as dating down though? Because being with someone that you that mm. you think likes you more than you like them. No, but I think it's related. So it's often the fact that if you date someone who's maybe by society standards is like not in your league, then you're more likely to experience that like extreme sense of security where you feel like super adored and like they're never gonna leave you, um, which some people really value that feeling. I personally value the opposite. Sue me, yeah. I'm messed up. <laughs> but I also think the the opposite is also messed up. Yeah, but you you wouldn't ever want to be with someone who made you feel mm. like they were da- dating down. No, but you want to yeah, feel true. like within yourself. You want to feel like. Yeah. I can't yeah. believe I get to be with this person rather than I, I can't believe this person line. gets to be with me. Well, I did once put on my Hinge profile something about the dream relationship is you where both think the other you both think the other person is cooler than you. And I think that's true. It's like you kind of have to believe that you're punching, but they also believe that they're punching. And that's like... But here's my criticism of that. Is <laughs> that I think that lots of... Because love is a funny old thing that i think lots of people start off dating someone thinking lots of women in particular i will say start off thinking that they are dating down then they'll like quote unquote fall in love or they'll basically get Mm. used to the person and then they'll start to accept behavior that they wouldn't otherwise accept because they're like oh well we love each other he loves me even though maybe at first they weren't that. We've seen that with some of our oh, friends. Yeah. I'm not like that, that's like that's a bit of a meme as well. It's like sleep out. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us. That's a bit. Tag of a meme. in the comments. <laughs> you think it is? <laughs> Sorry, it's, it's a meme to be like. Um, a lot of people that that's a bit of a meme of being like, um, like how in the beginning you have to convince yourself that you're attracted to someone. And then <laughs> cut to six months in when you're, like, putting up with, like, really poor behaviour because you love them so much. Yeah, now that's bleak. And that's why I think, like, love is overestimated in those situations. But we're getting away from the point of which, which is, what would is you rather point? like someone more than they like you? We'll go round. Will. Uh, but, what like, is that really what the episode... Because to me, the episode was... It's not what was, the episode was about. It's an interesting small... idea, which was that idea. But then, really, what they was talking about was nothing to do with the guy's personality. It was just he was quite ugly. So, like, no, she also said he was boring. Oh, okay. <laughs> boring um, and ugly is a pretty bad combo. Okay, yeah. boring, and ugly, boring and ugly. And then Samantha with that guy who was also boring and ugly. Would I wait? So the question is, would I rather Did... be with someone that? Like, okay, forget about the ugly and the boring thing. But would you rather? <laughs> like be with someone who you feel like you like more or they feel like I think if I ever had that thought process about somebody then the relationship's wrong alright Charlie maybe you're not just some people are more self-analytical you're a chaser as well if you really thought about it yeah I'd say so I don't like the term chaser I'm not that sounds a bit I'm 100% chaser puncher maybe puncher is also a bit bad yeah chaser puncher is this early stage of a relationship or is this yeah, this isn't. Yeah. Look, you know, obviously it's problematic, and we're making generalizations here. But if you ha- if 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 pushed, 
Chaser or Chasey? Uh, I don't like Chasey. I prefer to be Chase. There we go. Chasey. You're the only Chasey here. The uh, rest of us like, would rather Chase. I think like after a, a while of like a relationship, then that whole like dynamic gets quite Dissolves, boring yeah. quite quickly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. I uh, sorry. Yeah. Early stages. I agree. Like I guess with these people, they were getting married. So like. If you're still thinking about it like that at that point. It's then... not a documentary, so... <laughs> yeah, yeah, fine. So would we say the main theme of the episode, one of the main themes of the episode is whether you want to get married. Yes, because then, so uh, Brooke says that piece of advice and then it kind of makes Carrie go away and think and she starts thinking about... So she she says that she's not really thought much about marriage and certainly not in the context of Big, but they have that conversation and uh he big says and that's why i'll never get married again and then she finds that she's it sends her into a bit of a spiral of thinking about whether that would be a deal breaker yeah which is interesting because that's just so you can really this is what i love about the show is you can really then chart her personal development because that's clearly an issue with her for big and then when she's with aiden she doesn't want to get married she yeah and she like gets physically sick at the idea of getting married to him and then it comes back around and when she's with big and they kind of like she gets kind of in the in the film which i do think is canon i know some people reject it but i think it's canon in the film when she gets too caught up in the idea of getting married but like the pomp of it and then they realize that actually she just wants to be with him forever so i think it's interesting having a character like carrie who is quite anti-marriage in later in her life or like she, and she well she's certainly not she's not someone that you uh would she's not a charlotte. think as like yeah she's not a charlotte she's not like a major romantic but she does have that that element of, to her and she's not like very traditional of like yes i definitely want to get married but when big takes it completely off the table then she finds that difficult because she does have that aspect to her and there is that storyline kind of in reverse of miranda who yeah. is just not a fan at all never wanted to get married and then kind and of then... begrudgingly accidentally falls in love with someone and then suddenly likes the idea of it because she's with someone she but really iconically likes. samantha stays the same throughout which i know like i know in in some ways it is dated in the way that like maybe like the idea of like a woman masturbating is quite taboo but also like the thing when you have out of the four characters that you have only one of them is really enthusiastic about marriage and babies that that is quite still now i think that's quite rare to have that in like a and naomi and i have spoken about how it's like a really like comforting show to watch in terms of like these are women in there. How old are they supposed to be? Thirty. She says she. Yeah. yeah she said that. Uh, it's older. When when um, Charlotte says, I think a relationship should be based on trust and communication, and Samantha says, "That's sweet if you're twenty five, but you're thirty two. You need to grow up." <laughs> and they're like in their thirties and they're still figuring shit out. And yeah, it's comforting to watch in that sense. Yeah, I guess what I meant by it being outdated. So as in, if there's only one character that's pro marriage then you can say that that's in some sense progressive but the fact that for the other three that being anti-marriage is part of their identity shows that the conversation of marriage is still very much like that's that's still framing like how they're thinking but i don't think that's dated no i think that's relevant no no so i think i think it's i do think it's still relevant now but as in i think it's interesting that if there was a if there was a show with guys then the idea of marriage just wouldn't ever come up yeah. like it wouldn't be that someone defines themselves for or against it it just wouldn't yeah. Yeah. but i don't think that's necessary like about no. I don't, that's, that's women patriarchy. do think about marriage and i don't think it's progressive to pretend that we don't like 
Yeah. And I'm not saying women think about marriage necessarily more than men. I'm not speaking to what men think about, but I just think like some a, a show that completely ignores the way that the fact that it is a societal norm has an impact on people, certainly people of a certain age. Like, you know, that is relevant and I don't think it's, it makes it not progressive. Although, you know, I'm not saying Saxon City is by any means like the perfectly progressive. It's it extremely backwards in a lot of ways, particularly when it comes to like, you know, sexuality. Sexuality. <laughs> yeah, I think in that in that instance, in terms of the marriage thing, I think it's like ahead of its time. Yeah. In that, I think that the reality is that still, both like in actual people's lives, is that most women grow up believing that like marriage is the end goal of any relationship or in fact of their lives, and also still lots of films and TV shows end with a character who kind of starts off as this like independent woman ends with them being in a long-term romantic relationship yeah as they kind of get one round to it which i'm not saying it's like therefore it's bad to be a long-term romantic relationship i'm just saying that like that is still the dominant narrative naomi and i had a very long very deep conversation about marriage the other day <laughs> and i feel like it's relevant for the podcast yeah i wrote it down our new approach to life well naomi and i were saying how we've very much been indoctrinated to the idea of marriage in terms of like growing up maybe partly to do with our religious upbringing but also just like movies and literature and tv shows to the point where we were saying that maybe it would be helpful for people like us with such like, <laughs> strong romantic inclinations to not get married yeah i think what, I what we were what saying is like it's of... kind of more productive to like assume that you're never going to get married unless you're have a really really good reason otherwise whereas i feel like before or not before but like the way that we've been more like raised or taught or whatever to view our lives it's like the guarantee or or the ideal is that like you will get married. get married yeah yeah and if that doesn't happen then that would be like a tragedy whereas approaching it from like maybe it will never happen if it does then that would be good but also i don't think it should be that like marriage is the ultimate manifestation of like a romantic romantic exactly yeah of like because then you start thinking like carrie yeah. And you get caught up in wedding fever. <laughs> exactly. That I think that was the the crux of what we were saying is like it would be important for us to it, it would almost be a good thing for us to renounce the idea of a wedding, renounce the idea of marriage because that would allow us to think more clearly about whether we actually wanted to spend the rest of our lives with someone yeah. as opposed to getting caught up in like the romance of a and we're both massively romantic people. So that would be a real danger. So like yeah. to avoid getting caught up in the romance. Like I said, I would have to intentionally plan a shit wedding so I could like, test if I wanted to be with someone. And, like and it not would like have a to cute, be low key no, wedding, no, like no. a genuinely shit like, wedding. Really, really an unpleasant and day. <laughs> and if I if I wanted to go through that and still get married to them, then I know it's the right thing to do. Go on, don't tell the bride. <laughs> oh yeah. Get them to plan a shit wedding. <laughs> a football themed wedding. My question is though, so I can understand why marriage is still like is a, a battleground conversation in the mid to late 90s but I guess I don't really understand why you two like why you care or like how you can have hour-long deep conversations about marriage about something <laughs> like as in what is there to talk about it's such like a trivial um empty institution these days where I mean marriage has been kind of destroyed from the inside out as a social institution it doesn't really hold <laughs> I, I just don't understand like I mean Charlie would you talk to your friends about marriage really ever <laughs> like because I I think about it almost never but like, I said, I'm interested no. to know like why. 
Well, we talk a lot about like uh, having a stag do. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay. (laughs) But it's still something that um, because I've got a lot of friends that are girls, and like even ones that are very much anti-marriage will still talk about it all the time. That's Um, yeah, but that that is that's patriarchy. That's why. It's because it's like an expectation that's been put on us. Yeah. Our whole lives. We're not. we're, We're not saying that that is like correct and for us kind of deconditioning ourselves to not think about that and to not see it as a big deal would Mm. take a huge amount of talking it through and like making a conscious effort to be like it's not it's not something i particularly want to define my life's success or like my life's narrative by anymore is like yeah yeah and I i think to be honest i think like people i don't know i think kind of people of all genders do kind of a part of like the society that we live in that does still uphold marriage, even though we all know the d- divorce statistics, it's we still live in a culture where marriage between like a man and a woman, basically, although that is changing slightly, is still up upheld as like a social good and the happy ever, ever after. Yeah, that that's even that's something who, that everybody celebrates. Even that, men who don't think about marriage in their life and would never talk to their friends about it, and it's not something that registers on their brain. Still, if you ask them where they think they'll be in, like, 15 years' time or whatever, they'll be like, yeah, I'll be married. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. people see that as, like, part of something that unlocks their future, like, kind of happiness and contentment. Yeah. Um, even if they don't see it as part of their present and wouldn't kind of imagine it being, like, an imminent thing. Yeah. It's still, like, something mm-hmm. that people find comfort in imagining it on their, like, that's, kind of That's the horizon. guarantee of, like an, like, a kind of socially celebrated life mm. basically i i don't know this might be like controversial but i'm gonna say it anyway but i think that like the way that lots of men are taught to approach marriage which is not necessarily how they naturally would do it or like how they really think about it is that like that's something that will like come along when you're ready for it yeah. So it's like, why think about it now? It's not something you have to seek, whereas women are like, you have to seek marriage. Not if just you want seek to it, but like, it. but earn it and yeah. make it happen. And you have to be constantly. Whereas men, it's like you seeking it when out when you're ready. You can give in to marriage, kind of thing. Yeah, and the, the expectation, oh, it's which, up. which only works if you also have the expectation that then the women are like, kind of pursuing that from day one. Which yeah. is like all of these things that we all know are like patently false that are still like indoctrinated into us when me and Ellie talk about marriage that I feel like is quite a challenging conversation for us to have because I think we go about in the world thinking we're these like really evolved 21st century feminists like we don't buy into any of this like patriarchal bullshit but then it's still like unconscious it's a idealization that just like, kicks in you like, have you like you really have to like consciously unlearn it like and I was saying to Naomi about how I read the book What's it called? Women Don't Know You Pretty. Women Don't Know You Pretty, which has a chapter in it called You Don't Have to Get Married. No, really, you don't have to get married. And it, like, it just, it really challenged me of, like, the idea of just, like, it's so, like, deeply ingrained. And I do think the part of it is the religious thing that makes it Yeah, probably. Because it's not just coming from media, it's coming from, like, familial experience as well. And, yeah, I guess that that culture that we were raised in. Your parents are just, like, so unconditionally pro-relationship yeah of like no matter like kind of well not no matter who the person obviously but they like somewhat trust you of just like if they're not going to be hugely skeptical they're going to be like okay good she's in a relationship which yeah somewhat which which 
kind of pushes the idea that someone being in a relationship means their life is more sorted, which is problematic. Yeah, that's true. I think they definitely subscribe to that. And I suppose that's like a marker so for them of being like, well, that means that you're happy and you're looked after and you're being yeah. and you're looking after someone else. You kind of have someone to sort yeah. you. Which is like alleviates parental anxiety in a way. Right? <laughs> yeah, which is concerning. <laughs> yeah. But that might be generational. But yeah, I also think there's that religious background of like we used to think we were gonna get married like twenty two. <laughs> yeah. We did. Lol. We thought by now we'd be, like, popping kids out. Yeah, I always used to say I wanted to get married at 23, have my first kid at 27. <laughs> no. There's still time. <laughs> don't know how that's going to be. Married. I'm not married at 23. Oh, I'm 26. Yeah. True, true, uh, true. Luckily, true, true. my uh, wants and desires have evolved a little bit. <laughs> Since the age of 13. <laughs> I wanted to share the line that Miranda says, which is pretty iconic. She said, men who want to get married miss their mummies. <laughs> Yeah, classic, classic Miranda of just being absolutely scathing. And then it's completely everything. brushed over. Like, I'm sorry, what does she mean by that? Don't know, but it's funny. Let's put it in the show. Yeah, man. Yeah, I don't love that. <laughs> that's like that's when you actually dig deep into it. I incredibly guess, I toxic guess thing to say. It's a toxic thing to say, but I guess the implication is like the desire to seek out marriage as to put as opposed to just like a, a relationship is someone who's seeking something very domestic. I think it's that, from her perspective, she's thinking men who are really keen on getting married just want a surrogate mummy to look after them. Yeah. Which, you know, tea. <laughs> Is <laughs> that wrong? <laughs> All right, let's get on to the masturbation. The real thing. You're going to have to take the reins on this one, Naomi. Everyone's going to feel incredibly awkward with this, but I'm going to plough on. Um, no pun intended. The subplot <laughs> of this I'm episode. sorry, what? <laughs> you know, getting ploughed. Yeah, I get it. I don't like it, but I get it. Very much intended. Shall I explain? (laughs) Shall I break down the metaphor? The subplot of this whole episode was the first purchase of the rampant rabbit. This is an iconic episode because this, yeah, quite... This episode... I just got it. Wait, seriously? (laughs) Yeah, I did it. The whole time I was thinking, when's the hair going to go along? (laughs) Wow. This episode resulted in... An ginormous spike of sales of that particular vibrator, but also just vibrators in general. Like it, its impact was massive in like destigmatizing as well. I mean, I know we've said kind of it was still kind of treated as somewhat taboo within the episode, but not really. Will you said that you thought that that was somewhat backwards, but I think I don't see that no, much represent of the way it kind of portrays female sexuality as like taboo or whatever. No, not backwards. Just that it. Um that it's interesting that some yeah that that female sexuality would be taboo in that sense in the 90s when like naomi said like american pie for example is just so crudely like dealing with issues of male like sexuality in a way that is but depressingly it's still it's still like there's not been that much in that kind of ballpark since yeah yeah like i still i still watch it and i'm like whoa whoa they're talking about female masturbation and it's literally from the 90s and there's been barely anything since then girls maybe yeah it's true i'm trying to think in kind of obviously there is masturbation in like flea bag there's masturbation in broad city in girls but there's not the same kind of like what i feel like though those shows are very much like we're trying to show like 
difficult women yeah. which is a good thing and it's a whole thing in itself that i appreciate yeah, like fleabag also, only masturbates in season one where she's like looking at a picture rails. of obama yeah. <laughs> which is <laughs> iconic but i also i think that like that kind of like, like in a bad self-destructive place and yeah in a selfish place and, and it's like and it is fodder for a joke which is fine yeah. but it's also like that kind of like joyful shame-free celebration amongst your friends of like I tried this like sex toy, super, you should buy one. Normal. Yeah, yeah, I think that is like I don't, I don't know that many other examples of it that's still lacking. When you think like there are like a film like Bridesmaids, it's like famous for like this like crude female humor that people are saying that's a bro movie. It's like still not the same level of like actual female sexuality. No, the really... sexuality is still con- confined it's, to like yeah. her falling in love with a nice guy. Yeah, or like John Hamm not oh, getting her depressing. off, or whatever. But not actually talking about her like own sexuality. So yeah, iconic episode. And also hilarious to see like a 90s sex toy that has like the battery pack on a with separate a with a wire and Love a remote. <laughs> yeah. Um Samantha gets abandoned on a date <laughs> for someone else. Her date goes off and starts snogging someone. And I'm gonna just bring up that I've spoken to someone who said that, that happened to them. Go on. There's nothing more I want to say. I'm just gonna say people actually do it. What leave someone on a date to get Get, get a couple else. of drinks with them and then just peace out on their date and go off with someone else. You know what's funny about that is that is something Samantha would do. Yeah. <laughs> so she's, it's a bit rich. Well, yeah, Will did say she's met her match. Yeah, I also think it's interesting that like the, especially early season Samantha, but throughout you do get these kind of like moments of like insecurity that definitely rely on male validation. Yeah, which is weird because she's like supposed to be this like infallible character of like she's just so confident and like female sexuality, but she still needs male validation, which is kind of depressing. Well, you see moments of it. Yeah, I think that is, and I think I like that though that that shows that kind of like part of her character that she like still seeks that out in ways that are destructive to her. The blonde one? <laughs> is this the one that was in the restaurant? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, because it said at one point it was like she, she was walking away, but then it said that she really needed a compliment. Yeah, when and the turtle the re- yeah, said like... that she was And okay, I'm just going to go for a wee, uh, but you can all carry on talking without me. The the topic I wanted to raise before I left was the idea... <laughs> this is unorthodox. Can you wee out? Can you wee not in the ensuite? Yeah, I'm going to not. Yeah, I don't, want, I don't want the podcast to pick up my wee. We don't want to get I was going to raise the topic of... Uh, so she she kind of takes on the hair as a bit of a project. Sorry, not the hair. The turtle. <laughs> the turtle as a bit of a project. I Do people do that? Do people like think of men as fixer-uppers? Correct. I know that people do it with dress sense. Um, oh, people do it majorly with dress sense. Yeah. I mean, I can't really answer this. So it's just going to be me <laughs> carrying the convo. <laughs> I have quite a lot of female friends who... I just know people who you've got with someone and kind of slowly change the dress sense. Dress sense, I think, is something that a lot of women think, like, it's not... That's all right. We can change that. Do you think that that's indicative of a broader thing of changing the person's personality because say for example i think that men would be quite reluctant usually to change women's fashion because i think probably still by and large men don't really know as much about fashion as women so it's sort of like not really their domain but like do you think that maybe men would think that they could change aspects of a woman's character in the same way yeah potentially potentially or like maybe yeah maybe like their interests people want to win each other over I think that 
kind of similar to what I was saying before. I think maybe if you have the idea that lots of women are brought up with that, like a relationship is the goal, then yeah. it's like you get someone and you're in a relationship and then you can kind of tailor them to be the kind of person you want. Or if you stay with them long enough, you can win them around to being the kind of person you want them to be. So what do you think about that, Ellie, about the, the makeover? Oh, see, I thought I was not going to have to have any input on this. <laughs> do you have a controversial opinion? No. Um, I'm trying to think if I've ever done it. Not to any, like, serious extent. I don't think you can really change people. And I think going into any kind of relationship with the attitude that you can change people. I've unsuccessfully tried to change dress sense. Dress sense is the only thing. Because it's so superficial that I think people believe that they can change it. Mm. Some men like wouldn't really like care about their dress sense and like be happy to change it. Well, I yeah. think some or, men like, kind of enjoy it. They're like yeah, they're dressing for you know for women to like try and attract women anyway. So, <laughs> so if they're told what to do, then they'll be happy about it. Whereas other people like have like I think that's easy. If someone has a like complete indifference to clothes, then it's quite like easy to like yeah. give them a glow up. But if like they just dress and they like their dress sense, but you think differently then that's a lot harder it's like a kanye and kim situation yeah get interesting change that the whole other wardrobe. way around kanye famously <laughs> came into kim's life and like made her like throw out all her clothes and bought her all new clothes so what? will are you going to be changing your personal style to be fitting <laughs> Ellie's norms damn i'm too am i going to get massively into cottage core <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, get a couple of cardigans no although to be fair we did watch um so I bought a couple of items of clothing based on films you've watched. So I got, the, I got the turtleneck after we watched Love Actually. And that's way more up my alley. So you did yeah, kind of no, but take I, a step I, towards me. Sort of, yeah. But as in, I used to dress that way kind of more. And then we watched Notting Hill the other day. The kind of like oversized shirt tucked in is actually a bit of a vibe. There we go. She's doing but a project that... on you. You just don't know. <laughs> yeah. No, We're doing a project on each other. This is an example. Next to sort the breath. <laughs> <laughs> Just stop taking it to Chinese herbs. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think we should wrap this up. Yeah, for sure. Everyone say bye. 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 bye.